Welcome back to Bootability, a weekly interview series about the amazing ability people have to change our lives and the world if we're brave enough to tap into it. These are honest conversations with people of all walks of life, reflecting on their own bootability, what it looks like, how it feels, and how the philosophy of SGI Nichiren Buddhism, which is based on the practice of chanting Namyo Ho Renge Kyo, can be used to bring it out. I'm your host, Jihee Jolly. episode is about love, specifically what it takes to be in a committed relationship for the long haul. We speak with Ian and Audrey McElray, who both practice Buddhism in Southern California. I called them for this one because I've heard that they've gone through a lot together. A few years into their marriage, Ian had a nearly fatal accident, which was devastating, but somehow they made it through, which they credit to their Buddhist practice. Here's what I learned from them, which you'll hear over the course of their story. If you want to find a life partner and be able to stay together through life's storms, you need three things. First, a willingness to confront your fears, even if those fears are about being or not being in a relationship in the first place. Second, throughout the relationship, you have to be open to looking at yourself honestly and changing yourself, not for the sake of another person, but for the sake of being the best version of you that you can be. And third, having a shared goal that's bigger than you allows you to constantly tap into your bootability, which is an amazing way to develop true respect for each other, a key ingredient of any kind of relationship. In Ian and Audrey's case, that's based on their dedication to practicing Buddhism and caring for other people. But it can be anything you want. So let's hear their story. Yes, my name is Ian McElwraith, and... uh... I'm uh, living now in Southern California. Uh, Culver City is my home. I work here in Santa Monica. I'm proud to say I'm born and bred in Seattle, Washington. I love the Pacific Northwest still, Um, but I'm resigned to uh, the wonderful life I'm living here in Southern California. And um, Audrey, yeah, if you can briefly introduce yourself. Yes, I'm uh, Audrey McElwraith. I live in Culver City, California with Ian. I'm not, I'm a retired housewife and uh, keeping my life very busy, <laughs> enjoying myself. Yes. Um, and so how, how long have you both been married for? This is our, I think, 40th year. Oh, wow. Yes, this, this December, we will be observing our 40th anniversary. This is kind of... Oh, my goodness. What timing. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, happy almost 40th anniversary. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> um, I would love to start with just the story of how you both met. Well, <laughs> um, we met in uh, Mountain View, California, Northern California, when I was transferred from uh, uh, Los Angeles. It was a work transfer. And um, the district I landed in Mountain View, that's where uh, Ian was, just started practicing that year. Yeah, actually I joined uh, in January of 1976. I was very enthusiastic about the practice and uh, the next month after I joined, the district announced there's this young woman from Los Angeles is going to be transferring into our district or joining our district. 
actually that was uh, April uh, 1976. I moved to uh, uh, Mountain View and I think the first meeting I attended, I guess he was there. This makes me think that I should also ask how you both ended up practicing Buddhism because um, it seems, you know, Audrey, you'd been practicing for a while and Ian, you had, were brand new. Well, actually, um, I was born in Japan uh, and at age of 11, my aunt um, came to our house every single night for a whole month explaining about this Buddhism. And at that time, my father left us in, you know, right after I was born, actually, he came to the United States. And uh, so we were struggling and financially, just uh, my dream was to go to the United States and, you know, meet my father. But um, as I was getting older, nothing was happening and, and uh, just giving up on hope. But at that time, my aunt came over and told us about the practicing, really gave me hope. Mm. Um, I believed everything she said, and I immediately started chanting. And uh, in a couple of years, you know, we were able to come to the United States. In 1960, I came to the United States. And anyway, I've been practicing ever since. I mean, this practice is amazing. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's quite a long time of practice. I can't imagine mm -hmm. what my life mm -hmm. will be like one day if I just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and Ian, what, what, how did you get introduced to Buddhism? Uh, it was a friend from college. And uh, I was super unhappy at the time. So I, I experimented with it. And I immediately felt a hope that I hadn't felt in months, maybe years, or even maybe forever from this chanting. I just thought, this is something I'm going to do for a really long time. <laughs> yeah, that's a, I, I'm sure so many people can relate to that initial experience of, I don't need this, but then once you start chanting, <laughs> you just feel yes. it. Yeah. So, um, I mean, okay, so just to give a little bit of context, you know, the purpose of mm -hmm. today's episode, um, it, we're really through several episodes, just beginning with this one, trying to explore this question of what is love? Because to be a young person today, one of the, you know, most difficult aspects of our life tends to be relationships, you know, sometimes because you really want a life partner, but you just can't seem to find one or sometimes because you have one, but you're not sure if they're the right person. And at other times um, you you are in a relationship, but it's really difficult to actually continue to live with the person. <laughs> so um, so I, I'm sure, you know, bits and pieces of this you both have probably experienced throughout your own life. Every human being sort of has. But um, before I ask kind of how you ended up together, can I just ask what was your mindset towards relationships in the first place? Actually, um, all the women in my family um, end up alone. You know, my grandmother became widow before my mother was born. And my mother was alone. I mean, my father left us in Japan and 
And, you know, until I came here, we came here in, when I turned 13, I never met my father. And, you know, finally we came to the United States. But that fear of women being alone was always in back of my mind. And um, so, you know, I went through a few relationships with bad breakups and just devastating, you know, experience each time. But, um, you know, through continuously practicing, everything started changing. But, um, I mean, my dream was to have a wonderful family with kids. I mean, I just love kids, Mm -hmm. children. And when I saw that movie, Sound of Music, (laughs) that was my dream, (laughs) music family. And uh, so that was my dream. So, but you know, I can't have family by myself. But at that point, I didn't feel like I need somebody to make me happy because mm-hmm. I was fully happy with my practice, you know, and and having relationship with with friends. Um, but you know, deep inside, I do want the family. So one one leader told me that, uh, you know, you can't avoid your karma. I mean, like listening, knowing my family history and, you know, some experiences that I had with, you know, men. I kind of, you know, felt a heavy burden lifted, like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to really chant about this. Mm -hmm. And so I started chanting uh, and. um, and this, you know, uh, women thought, you know, Ian will be good for <laughs> for me. And so I wasn't really sure, but uh, she, she set up this uh, uh, double dating <laughs> kind of a situation. Oh we gosh. went to see, what was the uh, clarinet? Um, Benny Goodman. Benny Goodman. We went to see Benny because I loved jazz and he loved jazz. So that was a common, you know, thing. But, you know, that was fine. But I wasn't really sure in my mind. But that summer, I went to Oregon with my friend and her family. And, oh, what a beautiful (laughs) ride it was, Oregon. And I felt, why? would be nice if Ian was here. That's how I felt. And then, so then I started paying attention to, oh, maybe. (laughs) And that was the beginning. (laughs) So I grew up in a a family where I saw harmony between people and love between people. And so the idea of being in a committed relationship and it being uh, something that you could do for a lifetime was not only a great possibility, but actually very fulfilling and something to strive for. So it's certainly something that I was looking forward to experiencing myself. Mm. But um, as you mentioned earlier in the interview, um, I was um, being shocked and rattled by how difficult relationships could be. But the amazing thing is through this, this chanting, um, I also began to recognize how self-centered I was, uh, how selfish I was, and how uh, in some ways I was 
you know, really hurting other people, mm. not just, you know, these committed or these attempts at having committed relationships with others. So I, um, I recommitted to living a super respectful <laughs> life and, and recognizing how uh, precious other people were and, and these uh, relationships I had with them. Mm. Um, and through that realization, I be, realized that somehow I was feeling burdened or responsible to find this committed relationship. Mm. And this realization that I would be able to fulfill my potential without it lifted this great burden from my shoulders. And suddenly my life was so much more free, spontaneous, self-empowered. Meanwhile, I had known Audrey for many years. We'd very platonic, far friend friendship. You know, there was nothing going on at all, but it was within months after that profound realization that somehow um, our platonic relationship up until that time was able to shift into a romantic relationship. Wow. What a story. My goodness. I, yeah, I'm so, um, I'm just so moved. So you guys mm -hmm. got married how long after you met? Let's see. We met in 76 and we got married in 19, end of 1980, like four months of dating and we got married. Wow. Yeah. And <laughs> That's so quick. What, what, um, you just decided. Well, no, no, because I mean, I was, I was 33. Mm -hmm. I turned 33 that time and, uh, and I do want to have family and, you know, if he's not the one, I didn't want to waste my time, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, and so I asked him, are we getting married? <laughs> and he said, yes. Wow, that's how you got engaged? Uh-huh. I mean, and then, you know, that was it. And we didn't really discuss, but like when we went to meet his family um, that I think it was uh, Thanksgiving, you know, he, you know, they accept, accepted me as his fiance. I mean, we never said anything, but I guess he. Yeah, I told him that I'm bringing um, my future wife home. I said, are we getting married? <laughs> wow, you were so decisive after, after <laughs> all that you know, mm -hmm. leading up to it, you know, I, you know, mm -hmm. some people are like desperate to be in a relationship. And so mm -hmm. it, it, you know, they do it so quickly or they want to do it so quickly, but for people who were kind of okay living their own life, I'm so, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's so encouraging that you were able to decide so quickly. I'm just thinking from the perspective of people who are currently trying to make that decision and don't know on what basis to make that decision. The, the only hesitation I had about entering into this relationship is, was I good enough? <laughs> was I up to this? Because she's, from my perspective, was such an extraordinary person that she deserves something really amazing. And so it was a little bit of my um, 
self-doubt because of, you know, the difficulties I'd had and have I evolved? Have I conquered my arrogance, my selfishness sufficiently? But um, then I decided, well, this is obviously going to be a relationship where we share this amazing faith, this concept of human revolution, and I'm going to do it. I'm just going to commit myself to making this relationship work. Yeah, yeah, that's such a good point. Actually, I appreciate that you said that because I think sometimes people can feel um, I was just talking to a young woman recently and, and she was she had this exact sort of sentiment of her partner saying, let's do this and her feeling like, but I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't, I don't maybe later on, you're going to find out that you actually don't like me so much when you see sort of the darker parts of me. So um, yeah, that's such a real struggle. And I, um, I guess, yeah, Buddhism is just a commitment to continuously improving yourself. So you, you don't have to be complete yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so the fact that this extraordinary person was going to give me a chance just made me want to try that much more. <laughs> I'm not that great. <laughs> I have so much faults that I need to work on still. But What I'm hearing you both say, um, that it just seems so, though you've had you came from such sort of different backgrounds in terms of family relationships and dynamics. Um, you both seemed pretty committed to kind of doing your, your own kind of inner transformation. I mean, it just sounds like it required so much courage, you know, Audrey, from you to just even think about this idea of, of changing family karma or family patterns. And, you know, Ian, for you to just realize that there's, you know, to really learn how to care for other people and also to, feel like you could fulfill your own potential by yourself. So I think so many people yeah. may have so many questions about that because it seems like that's, you know, that's the central teaching of Buddhism, that we have to be happy ourselves first. Um, so if if I can ask, you know, maybe I can go back to you, Audrey, here. For, for people who don't have any idea kind of what family karma is or, you know, what does it even mean to begin to tackle something like that. Um, could you share a little bit about kind of um, maybe what kind of determination did you make? How were you chanting about this? Yeah, I mean, knowing my karma that um, even, you know, we've decided to get married, you know, that um, I was prepared <laughs> to struggle, overcome something. But um, that accident um, you know, that uh, Ian encounter a few years into our marriage was devastating because he was just semi-conscious, didn't recognize me. Um, you know, um, when I went to the hospital in the middle of the night, I mean, it's like so dark and just, you know, waiting, uh, waiting in the dark room. And when I saw him with all the tubes, <laughs> it was... Well, in the in the beginning, it was, you know, he was conscious. But when he went into um, surgery, um, I guess his heart stopped, and then the doctor had to, you know, um, bring him back to life. And and after that, he was semi-conscious, didn't recognize me, like, and just really hit me. Well, this is. The karma that I that I'm facing, <laughs> but that was the thing I was carrying. I mean, like, oh, I'm gonna lose him. 
you know, I'm going to be like my grandmother. I'll be a widow, you know. It just really hit me at that moment. But really, through chanting, I really chanted, like, this is the time to change my karma. I'm going through it right now. Face it. And then through chanting, you can go through it in a lighter fashion rather than, you know, I mean, I could have lost him, you know. But somehow he recovered and, um, and you know, uh, we were having difficult time getting pregnant, you know. But I discovered that morning uh, of the second surgery, you know, successful surgery, you know, we, ha- we were able to tell him that, you know, I'm pregnant. And then that helped him recover fast. Oh, my goodness. However... However, we did. Uh, I I did have a miscarriage miscarriage after that, and and uh, it was difficult. But through chanting, we have two beautiful daughters, you know. So just never give up and continue uh, to do human revolution. I mean, transformation of my own life because definitely uh, it requires. <laughs> Because I'm not perfect, you know, and uh, I have tendency to, you know, somehow my way is so important, you know, controlling, but I have to check myself. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's a journey that's continue until as long as I live, you know, to self-reflect. Mm. I learned so much. I mean... <laughs> through uh, past 40 40 years. Yeah. You know, in Buddhism, we talk so much about self-transformation and like proactively developing your own life and your own courage and your own compassion. So um, what kind of role did that play in helping you both create a happy, healthy, long-term relationship? Yeah. I mean, I really feel because of this huge goal of, um, you know, world peace um, and working authentically for it um, that we share, um, it's uh, the core of a commitment as kind of fellow colleagues uh, while being committed to having children, that that was you know one of the things that I so appreciate about being uh, in that project with Audrey is because she was limitlessly optimistic through those four plus years that we spent trying to have our first child. For me, it was this emotional roller coaster. But from my perspective, she was just so buoyantly optimistic the whole time. And it's so amazing that in something as personal and um, kind of emotional that from my recollection, there was never one minute of finger pointing or blaming the other or anything in that whole process, which it could so easily be. So I grew hugely in that whole process to the point that when our two daughters were born, the joy and exultation and true sense of privilege and honor that I felt was so powerful 
Audrey, were you really that optimistic the whole time? Well, of course. Each month, you know, I get discouraged, devastated. But then, you know, I didn't give up. I knew I was going to have a happy family, you know. So um, it's this optimistic. I mean, it came from chanting, you know, from well within my life that I can... Um, I can have family as well. I mean, I didn't have seven, like Von Trapp family, <laughs> but two, two beautiful daughters. <laughs> but it's not only our family, but I think I really respect Ian for what he does too. You know, for we are working for world peace movement, and and I I'm really proud to be part of part of this, you know, and uh, raising family at the same time. So not just my family, but really um, if the world, you know, there's, yeah, there's no world peace without my family being happy, but uh, vice versa. If the world is just the way it is, it's a lot of stuff happening. And um, so more reason why we want to be as contributive as we can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so... Everything that you're sharing reminds me of the the quote that true love is not two people looking at each other, but two people looking ahead in the same direction. You guys are just such an embodiment of it. It's it's so encouraging. The uh, privilege I get be the uh, life partner of of Audrey is that I am able to receive her raw and unfiltered input (laughs) about me as a human being and whatever other roles I'm fulfilling in my life. (laughs) And uh, yeah, again, this is a great inspiration for my human revolution because uh, oftentimes I feel defensive or, uh, you know, like uh, she's not understanding me. Um, But uh, invariably when I take that suffering or that, uh, yeah, that emotional reaction uh, to my uh, prayer and uh, Chant of the Collins when I'm able to sift the gold from, or find the, the, the separate the wheat from the shaft and uh, really uh, discover great inspiration, great uh, insight for my growth and development as a father, husband, human being. You know, before I got married and I got kind of uh, advice about about it you know i'll never forget being told because i my my husband is is very um very spontaneous and um (laughs) not really like capable of long-term planning of any kind and so and i'm such a planner We're, we're almost polar opposites in personality and i remember you know talking to someone saying he needs to change this this and this like he needs to grow up in these ways 
And I was so sure that they were going to tell him, yes, you need to really, you know, take responsibility if you're going to get married. And instead, I was told, if you want to change him, you shouldn't marry him. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) I remember getting so upset. But then when I chanted about it, it really made me realize, well, I have to accept everyone the way they are, starting with my partner. You have to include that in this podcast. That is such sage wisdom. Uh, yeah, maybe I'm still learning, but um, but yes, it's it's quite a journey to accept yourself and your partner just as you are. <laughs> um, so maybe I guess my final question. I mean, first of all, this has been so wonderful. Thank you for sharing all of these things. Um, I guess you know I'm thinking from the perspective again of of a guest or of someone who's new to chanting or just kind of curious about chanting, but dealing with these very kind of human. Um, human things. Is this, is this the right person? Or how do I stay in this relationship? Or when will I meet someone? Do, do you have any sort of like lesson or key teaching or something that you hold on to from your own Buddhist practice that you, you would kind of give to somebody who's currently trying to really figure out their relationships? You just can't, um, marry just anybody, but really, uh, there's no perfect person. There's, you know, and I'm not perfect, so who am I to expect somebody else to be perfect? You know, it's all about transforming my life, and through transform, we can't change, like, you can't change other person, but you can change yourself, and that's the basic um, I think eternal formula. When I change, my environment change. So uh, it's really ultimate is to change myself, change, transform my life. Uh, can't change my environment. Mm. Change, you know, we can't. Um, that's the beauty of this practice, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I feel... Um... Yeah, certainly love, love is important, but I think not, you know, oftentimes we think of love as being infatuation, but I think what, what tempers love correctly for a long-term relationship is just a really profound respect for the other person as well. Love based on a profound respect and yeah, just realizing that this relationship is not going to complete me. I have to continue to evolve as a human being in this relationship. And as long as it's someone you can continue to talk with and be honest with and learn from and grow with, then it's going to be amazing. That's all we have time for today. But if you enjoyed the show and want to learn more, we have some great stuff at foodability.org, including an article on how to know if you're in a healthy relationship and what that even means, and a brand new video explaining what karma is and why you don't need to be limited by it. As always, don't hesitate to get in touch using the connect form on the site or reach out to me about the show at podcast at sgi-usa.org. Also, just a little note that we'll be off next week for the holiday, so we will see you in two weeks with a new episode.